No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. So 12 goals is, is, is what it was? It was 12 goals? 12. Okay, let me just let me just let me just get started here. Okay, yeah, there we go. That, that'll get us through it. Okay, there we go. We've got some save back there in case I need a little bit for later, because you know, 12 is a reasonable number of goals to go through after we did the show this morning. And then we did a show last night, and that game had that game had nine goals. Okay, let me just get a little bit more. I gotta just pop it off a little bit, a little bit. There we go. All righty, it's a Saturday night, folks. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba, for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms platforms we say good evening universe and welcome to the illegal curve post game show with dave manukum your host drew mandel here to talk about not one not two not three not four i can keep going not five not six not seven not eight not i think got the idea through not 11 but 12 goals scored in tonight's game between the winnipeg jets and the edmonton oilers the 1980s called they wanted their game back but this was fun (laughs) and it was a much needed win dave m for the winnipeg jets fun is one way of describing it drew i mean the Angst in Jetsland was high because it would look like a mirror image of what happened last night in Edmonton with the power play goal. Dry, Leon Dreisaitl, my God, is that guy good? You know, it's funny. We, he tends to get yeah. overshadowed by Connor McDavid, but I mean, he is he is a very good hockey player in his own right. Uh, nothing super insightful with that comment, but it's the truth. And I, you know what? I, I, the Jets had a good response, and I thought the Jets had uh, you know a very good bounce back game i mean there was a lot of energy in the building uh, the jets and i know you said i said this on twitter and i was obviously in the building they did a really good job with the with sack night and honoring that was really, that was really well um, honoring you know all the elders and especially that lady who was 100 years old i didn't catch her name but yeah. that was pretty awesome the way you see her to watch she was so able-bodied to come onto the ice and 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 be part of that ceremony and the ceremony itself was awesome so the jets did a really good job uh before the game and the crowd was amped up saturday night hockey you know, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, H-Nick, as you like to call it. And uh, there was a lot of fun. I still maintain I'm right about that. You're not, but it's it's all good. We, we You know, it's fine, Drew. We can, we can have a difference of opinion. You can call it H-Nick. We can all call it H-N-I-C. But the right. point is that the, the crowd was was amped up and you could feel it. You could feel the energy in the building. And, and I didn't know. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how it was going to go. We've done, you know, as you said, three. This is our third show now in, in two days. Yeah. And, you know, the, there was not... As former coach Claude Noel used to say, there's not a lot of joy in Joyland. And I was, of course, having that chat with folks in the in the pregame show, but not a pregame show, but the pregame chat, I should say. And there was there was a lot of angst, but again, like I said, it really turned into some that second period. I was like, down, up, down, up. Look at my computer. Look up, look up. It was just remarkable. Seven goals in five minutes between these two teams. So it was some good old Smythe Division fire wagon hockey, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a good, you know, I mean, and it was a good bounce back effort. And, yeah. you know, a lot of guys individually had good performances. I mean, Mark Shifley did his best Dylan DeMello on, on the uh, dry sidle <laughs> nice goal, which was, goal. which was for the record, just a spectacular goal. Of course. Um, terrible giveaway. But terrible giveaway by 55. But, but again, like I said, the most, probably the most important was Adam Lowry's performance. Mm-hmm. You know, he needed that goal probably more than any other Morgan player. Uh, I mean, Morgan. Yeah. Morgan Barron had a big, big game. And, and of course, 44, Josh Morrissey was, was simply phenomenal again. 
Uh, although Colby Spence, our photographer, took a big picture of when he scored that goal with 1.2 seconds left. Uh, Mark Shively almost broke him. And you could see, like, <laughs> like Morrissey's skate is like this. And I'm like, uh, it doesn't yeah. look great. But they, they celebrated, like, uh, Dave Ellett scoring in double overtime. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, like, you know, it's, it's the end of the second period. It's a regular season game. I appreciate the enthusiasm well, and all. It's Look, it's, 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 an, it's, a big, it's a big win for this Jets team that now – you know, puts themselves back into the third spot, Colorado. It's funny how we were talking about Colorado, like they were they were giant killers and they were never yeah. going to lose a game again. Sorry, now they've lost two games and they lost handily to Dallas. And I don't know who they lost to previously, but they do have two losses in a row. And I think it was by a substantial margin. So Colorado now reeling with two losses and the Jets finding themselves back into third spot in the central. Well, and of course, I mean, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the schedule on Monday is, you know, you have an easier game on paper, which should be an easier game against the San Jose Sharks. So the Jets can't be looking past the Sharks to Wednesday against the Wild. They need to maybe, you know, build a little bit of momentum, as much momentum as you can get from a potential two-game winning streak. But you certainly can't backslide uh, on Monday. And uh, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves with that comment. By the way, speaking of Monday, though, quickly, does that... Yeah. count as a revenge game uh for Nemestikov? yeah yeah it's a huge re- revenge game just, and the, the just like next uh sunday's game against tampa bay is a huge revenge game for uh ac so yeah. well the, the funny thing about Nemestikov, i don't know if people he heard played he, well by the way i thought no, he, no, he, he did thought he had a he, very good game he did he fit in yeah. really well and I, I his pregame presser was great i don't know if anybody caught it because he did it uh about 4 30 right after rick bonus spoke this afternoon before the game and um uh, it's, it's just quickly, it was interesting. I thought that he said the Sharks basically told him not to leave Tampa. Like, don't even, don't even bother don't even coming bother to, coming here. don't come to San long. Jose. Yeah. Uh, you were, we're going to basically going to look to trade you. So he was, he was traded what, four or five days ago by, by the, by the Sharks and the, and the Bolts. And they essentially mm-hmm. said, stay in, stay in Tampa. And we're going to, we're going to be flipping you for someone else. So, or like Jonathan for, you know. Quick, like Jonathan Quick going to Columbus. Don't actually exactly. go to Columbus. Exactly. I'm just going to exactly. quickly make, move you along on your but way. But yeah, no, he, he was good. And you know what? Like he had a real critical block. I thought he had a really nice block in the third period. That's the kind of thing that gets your, your, um, your uh, teammates to really, you know, man, yeah. man line and had a nice block. Like the guys stepped up. I mean, that's, you, you needed a performance. Look, it, you knew it was going to be a chaotic game. Two teams playing you know, 24 hours after they played last night, you knew the game wasn't going to be a clean game. You knew it was going to be a bit sloppy. You knew there was probably going to be, you know, it was was probably going to be a little bit higher scoring, but you liked a lot of the effort. I mean, there were some things that obviously there's some mistakes, we'll highlight them. But I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those elements that you wanted to see from this team in a game that was pretty much must win. I mean, again, not from a, they're not going to make the playoffs position, but this was as close to a must win game as the Jets have played this season. Well, I mean, you don't. You, I mean, look, the, the the struggles have been well documented. We don't need to, you know, say it again. We all know what it's been like since you know 2023 started. The middle of 2023, the last month, one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, this is the kind of game. Yeah, you're right. Second half of back to back, you need it more than the opponent does. I mean, they do need it more than the Oilers did. I mean, I know that they're close enough in the standings, but the Oilers are playing some good hockey as of late. It's the second half of back to back. Look. Jack Campbell looked awful. I mean, you know, you, we can we, we're going to go through the goals, and then we're not going to take anything away from the Jets for their victory. But Jack Campbell looked absolutely horrendous in that. You can see the difference why between Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner last night. I mean, Stuart Skinner made all the saves that he needed to make, and never mind the ones that came after it was five nothing. We can forget about those; they don't really yeah. count. But you know, Jack Campbell left let in you know multiple soft goals tonight. 
And the Jets took advantage of that. Now, they barely took advantage of it, but they took advantage of it. And they get the victory, and they get the victory in regulation. And when it's 6-5, you know, under three minutes into the third period, the Jets hold on. And that's what I tweeted before the third period I started. I said, look, if there's ever been a period that the Jets needed to prove that they can hold on to a lead, it's this one. And I mean, yeah, they weren't great in the third period. And yeah, Edmonton had their chances. And yeah, Connor Hellebuck had to come up big. But your goalie is better than the opposition goalie. Prove it. Well, Hellebuck did. He was good in that third period. He made a number of key saves in that third period. And the Jets did hold on. Now, if the game was an extra five minutes, would they have held on? Well, I don't know. But that doesn't matter. They get full marks for holding on. They get full marks for a 7-5 regulation time victory. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's sort of amazing that in these last two games, the Edmonton Oilers have scored, scored 11 goals and Connor, and Connor McDavid has scored zero of them. I mean, that's hard to believe that the Jets managed to keep McDavid off of the off of the goal scoring part of the goal of the of the score score sheet. He was impactful and he was certainly noticeable and he was terrific because he's a thrill to watch. And there's a reason why the, the arena was sold out tonight. And it's because, well, if you're going to only go to one game a year, you're going to pick the game that you get to see the world's best player. And that's Connor McDavid. But the Jets did manage, despite Edmonton scoring 11 goals in the last six periods of hockey, which, by the way, isn't great uh, for the Jets, <laughs> from the Jets' perspective, the fact that they kept Connor McDavid completely off of the uh, goal scoring sheet is, is sort of sort of impressive in, in in its own in its own right, Dave. M. Well, for sure, and and remember, I mean, Connor McDavid came in with that with that attack yeah, that two opportunity. Goals, two goals sorry, a game. yeah, which they obviously stopped uh, in Edmonton last night. But yeah, I mean, look, he, he's obviously feeling it, right? He had 10 goals in his previous two, you know, the previous five games, and now the Jets hold him to zero. So I, I thought, I actually liked the way Pionk played against uh, McDavid. I was a little surprised Pionk was out, you know, to start, uh, <laughs> sorry, to hold the lead in the third period. I mean, mm-hmm. I, but again, you got to credit um, Rick Bonus for trusting in his guys who can play defense, right? I mean, right. he went with the guys who are defensive specialists toward, to hold that lead, and that's, you know, I'm not saying Pionk is in that necessarily in that in that category, but you know, and we should mention, of course, the the way the, the lineup um, was con- was constructed today. I mean, he pulled Nate Schmidt and uh, Logan Stanley, both healthy scratches from the lineup, uh, which is funny because you know we had this whole conversation about whether you could pull a veteran out uh, and scratch them, and he did that in well, favor and, of and Kyle Capel. And I don't think either of us thought it was going to be Nate Schmidt. I mean, Logan Stanley getting pulled out of the lineup doesn't no. move the needle at all. No, no, no of surprised course. by that at that point in time. Nobody was what quite understood why he was in the lineup to begin with. Yeah. But to pull Schmidt, that sort of you know raised my eyebrows because I wasn't sure why it was Schmidt. Um, not sure I necessarily still agree with it. I mean, you agree with the result. But I guess, you know, Nate Schmidt, you know, universally beloved in the dressing room. Maybe yeah. that's not so much about Nate Schmidt's play, but it's the way you get the attention of everyone else by yeah. sitting the by sitting Nate Schmidt. Yeah, and, and worth mentioning, of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois also not available sure. for tonight's game. So he misses his second straight game after leaving practice earlier in the week with, a, with what was termed, was termed a nagging injury. One thing we did notice, or I noticed, I should say, is uh, assistant coach Brad Lauer. He was back on the bench. So he's been, I don't know if he was on the bench last night. I didn't notice him, but, and I didn't hear it on the broadcast. Anybody mentioned that, but Brad Lauer is back on the bench. He was dealing with back issues. He was on coaching IR. So I don't know if that means Eric Dubois is back with the moose. I guess I'll find out tomorrow at the moose games. So will Phyllis, she's going to the game. She, she 
select she asked me for the two tickets so phyllis will be there as well somebody else too i can't remember who asked me for the other tickets i could look it up but anywho point is that brad lauer good for him good to hear that he's feeling better and he's back uh on the bench for the jets mm -hmm. and um of course what else was there the, what were the other forward moves oh, oh and not and it was yeah nemestikov back in and it was it was funny because like Rick Bonus wouldn't say what the the player decision was going to be, right? And I'm like, well, the only move really is to pull Kuhlman because yeah. you're going to want Stenland to be center. So he, of course, uh, he didn't say it, but he ended up going, of course, with uh, pulling Kuhlman out and, and putting yeah. Stenland and Nemestikov back in. Or yeah, in, you know, uh, and you, we talk about Nemestikov, and uh, you know, uh, look, when they acquired him, I was like, okay, it makes sense. It's a, it's a fine acquisition. I haven't really paid a lot of attention to to Vlad Nemestikov's game over the years because he's sort of one of those guys who's on teams. He never really stands out. He's never really the shining star on any team. By the uh, way, his I, English is phenomenal. Well, that's good. I mean, no, I mean, he's been, he's yeah. been, in, he's been, in, he's been in, in North America for a while, but I mean, he sounded, he sounded perfect. Like he I sounded, he, he's more articulate than Ginsburg. Well, <laughs> not a high bar there, Drew. <laughs> I know it's sort of damning with faint praise a little bit, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, I, I look, but I, he, I liked his game because as we talked about when they acquired him, yeah, he's a professional NHL player. He's not a fringe guy. He's not a guy that's you know, 600 games in the NHL. He's a professional NHL player who knows how to play his role on any team. And certainly Rick Bonus is familiar with him, and that's why the Jets probably went out and got him. They, they paid a very reasonable price for him. And I'm sure that the entire team and the entire coaching staff were happy with him. We've talked about on this show sort of coach brain, how some players who might freelance a little bit uh, a little bit more than other players can, can, can raise the ire of the coach because their game isn't predictable. That's not Vlad Nemestikov. His game is pretty predictable, and that's probably one of the reasons why the Jets went out and got him and why uh, Rick Bonus likes him so much. Uh, he was perfectly he was perfectly fine. He was very, very reasonable in his in his performance tonight in his uh, first game as a member of the Winnipeg Jets. And of course, getting an assist on the uh, on the uh, DeMello empty netter. Uh, so he gets his first point as a member no, of the Winnipeg Lowry. Jets. Got it. The Meskov got it on on Lowry's goal. They took it away from him. It's barren from Dylan now, unless unless the score sheet hasn't been updated really? that I'm looking at. Yeah, they took it away from him for that goal. Oh, that's I mean, weird. It, it was yeah. originally, well, it was originally said, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, that's why I, I thought it was that one. So I did a double look when I was looking at my second screen here. But yeah. no, he, he got the uh, primary assist on the DeMello goal. And I thought he had one on the uh, Lowry goal, but it was removed and given to Brendan Dillon instead. What can you do? What can you do? I'll tell you what we can do. Is we can head into the Betway game recap. Yeah, Drew, we got 100 goals to get through. Let's go. Because right, it's 15 minutes into the program, and the Betway game recap might take us a solid uh, two, two and a half hours as I bang my microphone yet again. Uh, the Betway game recap is brought to you naturally by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Say it along with me, folks. Please play responsibly. Please drink responsibly. Chaim whatever you're drinking on this Saturday night. If you're having a beverage, if you're joining in with me, we please uh, do so responsibly. Uh, well, before Roscoe gets here, and we know that uh, responsibility and Roscoe certainly don't go uh, hand in hand. <sighs> Dreisaitl opens the scoring. Carbon copy the last night. Jets take an early penalty. Wheeler in the box. 
for hooking. It was Connor in the box last night, early penalty. This one, it's Wheeler for hooking. Doesn't take the Oilers long to capitalize. How about 13 seconds? 13 mm-hmm. seconds after the penalty's called, the uh, the Oilers get the goal. Drysaddle his 39th of the season. Assist to Zach Hyman and Evan Bouchard. one nothing Edmonton. And if you're like me, Dave, you're like, uh-oh. I've seen this game before, and I saw it last night, and I still have the memories burnt into my retinas. This is what happens when you front a guy uh, on the power play. And all the teams, all the defensemen are told now to front guys. They don't play behind guys anymore. They try and block the shot. When the shot gets through and there's a rebound, there's gonna be you're gonna be outnumbered. And the Jets were outnumbered, and Leon Dreisaitl had the easiest, probably, of his 39 goals uh so far this season. Yeah, no, that's true, Drew. And and again, it was one of we've talked about it. One of the things the Jets needed to do, Rick Bonus talked about it specifically, was stay disciplined and not take, you know, needless penalties. And and for the most part, I thought the refs were were okay. They missed some things. There was a one instance where I want to say in the second period, Josh Morrissey basically got mugged by about two or three Oilers and it allowed Connor McDavid to go in on a two on one and Connor Hellebuck made a big stop, but you know, and then there was the, the Morgan Barron uh, penalty, which led to like, it was a pretty soft call. I mean, he's in front. They called it an in, in interference uh, in front of the Oilers net. I didn't think that was a great call, but anyways, the point is that the, the Jets needed to stay disciplined. They didn't. And you're right, Drew, that, that did have the feeling of, uh, here you go again. And and this is, you know, like you said, we've seen this show before. In fact, we watched it last night. So it's a bit of a groundhog day situation. And, you know, the funny part is, I guess there's a lot of Oilers fans in the building. So again, Absolutely. it creates, creates a, well, it's also because the Wasak colors are the same as the Oilers colors. <laughs> so it is, it's sometimes a little difficult to know if people are, are celebrating Wasak or if they're celebrate if they're Oilers fans. But regardless, we obviously know there were a few Oilers fans because later in the sh- in the broadcast we'll yeah, talk about some hats all the, the hats being tossed on the ice. But yeah, look, it's it's a tough goal. It's a tough situation for Winnipeg because you take the penalty and now you've given up a goal 13 seconds into that power play and you're you're already going you're already at kind of a, a t- again, it's all about response, right? It's always about how does a team respond after giving up a goal? And, you know, like the good news for Winnipeg was it was okay. It's a five on four against the, you know, the best power play in the, in the, in the NHL, but tough, tough way to start the game for Winnipeg. Yeah, not it's not how you want to start the game at all. To the Jets' credit, they bounce back uh, about 10 minutes later. Mark Shifley gets his 36th of the season. It's a nice tip on a Dylan DeMello uh, point shot. Nito Niederreiter with the secondary assist. And you like the communication on the ice here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Niederreiter's got the puck. He's in a little, some soft ice where he's got some room and he can survey the situation. You see DeMello banging his stick on the ice, calling for the pass. And, and Niederreiter tees him up. And then DeMello with a good shot and Shifley you know, with the high slot tip that uh, evaded Jack Campbell to tie the game up at one uh, at the 1134 mark of the first period. Uh, You know, you like this. This is what you want. You want guys going to the net. You want point shots getting through. This is how goals are scored in the NHL by and large nowadays, Uh, you know, by, by throwing pucks towards the net, getting traffic and then getting a stick on, on the puck for the deflection. Well, I, I, I would, you know, before we even get into this goal, though, Drew, I think the key was that the Jets started were playing the right way for mm-hmm. following the giving up the opening goal to the Oilers. I thought that they yeah. didn't they didn't sag and they continued to play within the structure of of the system. And I thought it was a it was a good period for the most part. And I, I, you know, McDavid is always going to get his chances. So will Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman. I mean, they've got 
oodles of talent on that, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They've got a lot of talent on that Oilers roster. So they get their shots, but I just, I like the way the Jets played for the most part between being down and yeah, like the building erupted, you know, and, and you're right. That, that to me was what, that was what was my kind of key from that goal. A couple of things. One, shocking, having someone in front of the net. Great. <laughs> Yeah, that, you know that, that. But but more importantly, I, I agree. The communication between Demello and Nita Ryder was important because Nita Ryder makes a nice play on the wall, gets it over to Demello, who's got some open space. And and I actually thought Demello scored until I saw the replay. Of course, from our perspective, in the press box, a little hard to see uh, the Shifley, that Shifley actually got his stick on that. But yeah. you could see that he was leading the uh, the flyby in line, so you knew that he he was the one who had the goal. But regardless, it was it was a good. It was a good play by that unit. And so, of course, it's a one-all and the building's bumping. Yeah, exactly. The building's bumping. Like you said, there was a good vibe in the building. I mean, I was out on the river trail uh, this afternoon and there were a ton of Oilers jerseys. And you could see, you you know, a good day in Winnipeg. You could feel that it was a good day in Winnipeg. The weather was nice. Everybody, the sun was shining. You could just feel people were, were excited for this game. And so they were treated to a very good hockey game as a result as well. You know, this is a fun game. When games like this, it gives gives coaches heartburn. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, coaches was, don't like these games. Yeah, no but question. Th- these are fun games. You know who the fun games are? Fun games for the fans. And yeah. they're fun games for the players. Players much prefer to play in games like this than, than they do in, in, in you know, systematic and system oriented, stifling, uh, automatron, robotic hockey kind of games that we see so often uh, mm-hmm. in the NHL. So this was fun for everybody involved. Maybe not the head coaches, but, you know, that's why they get paid big bucks. They can deal with it. Josh Morrissey makes it 2-1 for the Jets. This coming a few minutes later, 15-09 mark of the, of the second period. In a in a game with a number of bad goals given up by Jack Campbell, this was probably the worst one of them all. I mean, there's just no reason this one goes in. Neil Pionk makes a nice play to keep the puck in, and then he feeds it across to Morrissey, and Morrissey makes a nice play to keep mm-hmm. it in. There's no intention here. This is just throw the puck through and hope it gets through, and it somehow manages to not get knocked down by the traffic in front, and Campbell just doesn't look like he ever sees it. I mean, he just, I mean, that's the only, uh, that's the only conclusion I can come up with here, Dave, is that Jack Campbell didn't see the puck until it was past him, trying to fight through some of the bodies that were in front of him. Uh, good on Morrissey to get it through the traffic. Good on Pionk to get it over to Morrissey. Uh, you know, bad on Campbell for not picking it up, but, you know, Jets don't apologize for that. 2-1 Winnipeg. Well, and I think more importantly, the, the key was, Drew, that they fired a puck on net. Sure. Because too often we've seen them try and make a pass to set something up to get a better shot when you've got all that sort of chaos in front of the goaltender. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. I mean, it was funny because watching it live, you're seeing there and you're thinking, okay, Morrissey makes a great play to keep it in because he kind of dances along the blue line, which is what Josh Morrissey does. And so he makes that great play. And then all of a sudden you're just watching him fire it on that. And you're right. It, it seems inconsequential, but as Stu says, it's like a, it's a seeing eye shot. And you, you know, when the goaltender has traffic in front of him, what have we been talking about on this program for so long with the Jets team not doing enough of right. was getting someone to take away the eyes? I mean, think about that Islanders game. So Ilya Sorokin had, I mean, he's a phenomenal goaltender, mm-hmm. but he was he was seeing all the shots. Yeah, goalies you know? at this level, goalies at this level, if they can see the puck, are usually going to make the save. There's exceptions. There's exceptions where a guy like Leon Dreisaitl can pick 
uh, the tiniest corner imaginable like he did on David Riddick last night. Or Josh Morrissey uh, can walk right in uh, to the top of the circles or even closer to that and blast the slap shot past uh, Phoenix Copley like he did on Tuesday night. So there's exceptions. There's times when uh, you, know, you know a great shot will beat a, will, will beat a goalie that can see it. But yeah. more often than not, if the goalie can see it, they're going to save it. So that's why, like I said, to me, that, that's the key of that play is, is, is twofold. One, you have a guy, Josh Morrissey, who doesn't have a, a lot of time. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to quickly fire this on net. So that's good because worst case, I mean, best case scenario, he scores a goal, which he did. Yeah. Very rare, obviously. But more likely, he, what he's hoping for is some sort of rebound, some, something greasy, you know, and that's what the Jets need. So, I mean, he, you know, got the first objective and not the, and not the secondary one. But the reality for the Jets is you're now 2-1. The building is going absolutely bonkers, mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers. And I just want to answer Adam's question. He says, hey, Dave, tell us about the press box. It looks like the huge beams would be blocking the view. Are there blind spots? No. Just so you know, like the press box actually is it's the best seats in the building. Yeah, it, it really is amazing to watch a hockey game from there because you are right over top of the game. Although the one thing I'll say is. You, it does make you realize. Well, what we should clarify for Adam is that there's two levels to the press box. Yeah, there's a double. So yeah, the broadcasters, right. who ostensibly should have the best view, <laughs> do are actually obstructed by the beams. So if you're broadcasting the game, if you're the play-by-play guys on TV or radio, home or away, you are blocked by the beams. For us yokels who are in what's called the lower gondola of the press box, there yeah. is no obstructions at all. That's where the print guys are. That's where the radio guys are. That's where whatever the hell we are. We are, uh, you know. So there, it, there is no obstruction, and you're almost just on on top of the ice surface. It, it's regarded by. You know, I don't know about the broadcasters so much, but it's regarded by everybody else that's in that lower gondola as one yeah. of the best press boxes in the league because of how close you are to the action, especially when you compare it to some of the other buildings, uh, you know, where you might be up in the moon, it feels like uh, watching the game and the players might be ants. They're so small and so far away. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we do have a we do have a great view. It does make the game seem very slow sometimes. Mm-hmm. You'll watch like, and it, I, I it's funny because for Moose games, every once in a blue moon, I'll come down, um, and I'll watch like a little bit of the game. Not I haven't done it this year, but I would watch a little bit of the game if I saw someone. I would go down and watch a bit of a period, and it's amazing how much quicker the game is. The game is so much slower when you're watching from above yeah. than it is when you actually get down and close to the ice and you can really appreciate the speed of the game versus w- when we're watching, but the benefit of, and that's the reason why I go to so many games and why it's so important to go to games because you really see so much that you would miss otherwise. And you really do like the broadcast. Of course, when you're watching a broadcast, all you're watching is what the camera is following, which is 90% of the time, the puck. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're, they're missing it a little bit, but the point is that, you know, you have an opportunity to watch things that, are interesting to you or, or you want to follow. So that uh, kind of the benefit of doing that. Sorry for that segue, Drew. Just want okay. to give it, uh, answer that question. That's okay. Segways are what we do here on the show. Usually they're about ice cream and or bridges. Yeah, and I know. And... I kept that one topical. Yeah, it was topical. That's rare. You're welcome, right? Adam. Yeah, we'll see if we can keep that going. It's My, my guess is unlikely. Uh, two no. one Jets after uh, 20 minutes. So a good start. Bad start to the game. Good end to the period for the Winnipeg Jets. You like most of their first period out shooting the Oilers 13 to 10 in that opening period. Second period, the Jets are on a power play. Well, huzzah, that power play should usually <laughs> result in good things. Uh, not so much on this one. Uh, Kyle Connor, if I'm not mistaken, with an ill-advised pass. He's trying to go, you know, trying to hit a seam pass. 
uh, it doesn't work. It ends up deflecting out of the zone or it deflects sort of into no man's land. And Josh Morrissey's caught. You can see at first he wants to be aggressive and try. Yeah, and you can see the, the indecision. Yeah, you can see the indecision in his brain. Exactly. You see the indecision. He chooses to play it defensively. You know, I'm not going to say one way or the other what he should have done. I thought maybe more aggressive in that let's, instance. Let's put it this way. 44 can do whatever he wants. That's right. Exactly. I think, I, I, you know, far be it for me to criticize him given the season that he's had and given the game that's he that he's had here. Anyways, it ends up in a two-on-one with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Matthias Janmark. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to want to play against the Jets at 82 games a year. He's been absolutely <laughs> a Jets killer over the last couple of nights. Uh, he sets up Janmark with an absolutely beautiful saucer pass. Janmark makes no mistake it's in and out of the net before you can blink an eye and it's two all just when you think the Jets might be able to capitalize on the power play instead it's a shorthanded goal uh, which gives the uh, Oilers the their second lead of the game or pardon me ties the game up at two at this point in time it's the next goal that gives them their second lead of the game yeah Drew, I ahead of myself I can understand the confusion because yeah, there were so lot. many lead changes and yeah. and flipping and flopping throughout the course of this second period and most people w- would recommend that when you have to really pay attention and really focus to get details right drinking is a good thing to be doing that's usually how go. it works you got to really nail drink. it down that way take a drink anywho yeah. The point is that, uh, yeah, and and it, you're right. That is the note. That was the notable part for me was that Josh Morrissey kind of being left in no man's land, trying to decide if he should be aggressive. And it was funny because I was still trying to tweet out that the Jets were about to draw a power play, and it was nice. It was nice. It was an aggressive play at the net. So you thought, okay, the Jets are, and the Jets came out and they were they were really. I thought they started off the period really well, right? They were they, the, the yeah they drew the penalty yeah. penalty, but the Lowry line hemmed them in, the Oilers in their zone for, you know, a solid 45 seconds. You like mm-hmm. to see that. Manalainen came on and he, you know, like I said, he was good. So you, you, you've you got the Jets playing a, like well. They've come out because it's always curious, right? You're up 2-1. There's a lot of expectation on on the on the, um, on the the home team. And yeah. they know how important this game is. The Edmonton is feeling good about themselves, right? Like they smoked the Leafs. They smoked the Jets. You know, they played the Bruins in a tight game. So Edmonton is feeling very good about themselves. And so, you know, and they've got McDavid and Dreisaitl. And that's the great equalizer in any sort of hockey game. So you like the way Winnipeg started that period. And and unfortunately for them, it ends up in the back of their net. But, you know, like I said, that when you have guys like, when you have that sort of level of talent in, in, on this team, it's going to happen every once in a while. And, and, and you, and again, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, we talked about it with Derek Van Dietz today on the illegal hockey show. I mean, he is having his best, season as a pro i mean he's Mm -hmm. he's been phenomenal so you got to give you got to give them credit because how many times have we seen the jets you know guys when they play uh their jets offensive guys i should say on uh shorthanded opportunity you know snag a puck and go the other way and i believe i think derek tweeted out that the oilers have 12 shorthanded goals which is the most in the nhl no surprise no, they have a, you know, short, more short, more shorthanded goals and the best power play. How much yeah. more do you want from that team? In any event, yeah. uh, that tied it up at two. And then within about the next uh, three and a half minutes, a little less than that, three minutes and 15 seconds is all it takes for the Oilers to regain the lead. Uh, it's a great pass by Mark Shifley. Unfortunately, it's right <laughs> on the stick of Leon Dreisaitl. I mean, it's sort of funny that, the, you know, you can laugh about it now because the Jets won. But you look at the first three goals that the Oilers scored. Wheeler in the box for hooking. 
Mm-hmm. Connor with the ill-advised uh, uh, seam pass. Uh, Morrissey with a little bit of uh, indecision. And then Shifley with a tape-to-tape pass to the stick of Leon Dreisaitl. You know, four of the guys that you expect to really execute at their highest levels are, you know, almost directly responsible. Not blaming necessarily. There's a difference. But uh, directly responsible uh, for the Oilers' first three goals. And, I mean, this one was just... I you know it was just mind-boggling this one this is just like who is this to what is your thought process here uh how can you be so careless with the puck uh after everything your team has gone through and then to put it onto the stick of Leon Dreisaitl of all people it's his 40th of the season here and it gave the Oilers the 3-2 lead NHL.com currently has that goal as unassisted, but I'm pretty sure they should put Mark Shifley's name beside, give him another assist because that was a beauty. Yeah. Um, and and look, using the word beauty is appropriate because he takes the puck, goes around Josh Morrissey, his former teammate, uh, with, I believe in Prince Albert, and going back to their WHL days, and just roofs it. I mean, I'm just a gorgeous goal. And and you've got it. Sometimes you got to take your hat off and and give credit when credit is due. And it's a terrible giveaway. But it's a spectacular goal, and it it really was, yeah. No, the giveaway is definitely gross. There's no question about that, beer league. But uh, you have to look at the at the beauty of that goal, and it was. I mean, that's a memorable 40th goal for yeah. Leon Dreisaitl, and you know it, it 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 is remarkable. And well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you know, back to back games now at home where the Jets have given up, you know, a hat trick at least to the to the opposing to an opposing player. So yeah, not not ideal, but I mean that's. Again, you want to see how the team responds, right? So, so you've now you've gone from a two-one lead, so now suddenly it's three-two, and you're wondering what is going to be the reaction. To me, that that's the biggest question: like, how will this team react in the next minute? And we're going to get to the reaction momentarily, but first we're going to award the tough duck hardest hitting comment that goes to LB again. As he's not here, so I get to make up the rules as I go. Sure. LB with the hardest hitting comment in tonight's post game show. Happy that the Jets won, but they honestly had so many turnovers today, and most of them happened when they weren't even under great pressure. This is a major issue that great teams can't do. I would agree with most of that uh, astute comment from LB. Uh, so LB, please send me an email, drew at legalcurve.com, or you can slide into my DMs at IC Drew, and we'll hook you up with a toque, courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck. So congratulations to you on the hardest hitting comment so far during tonight's post game show. We're only at goal number five, so we still have seven to go. The show's thirty five minutes old, so uh, you know, say hi, say good night to your wife and kids and everybody else. It's going to take us a while tonight. Uh, but LB, congratulations on winning the hardest hitting comment. You talk about the response, Dave. You wanted to see how the Jets were going to respond. They trailed one nothing. They responded. They trail 3-2 now. How do they respond? Well, they respond in 42 seconds. Adam Lowry scores. Stop the show. Stop the presses. Adam Lowry scored. It's his eighth of the year, his first uh, since I had hair, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it comes uh, assisted to Morgan Barron and Brendan Dillon, and it ties the game up at three. And this is a massive goal for Lowry himself and a massive goal for the Winnipeg Jets as, again, there wasn't a sag. There wasn't a uh, hang your head in sorrow after they gave up the lead. They responded, and they and they tied it up very quickly. Well, and that to me is is the is an absolute 
sign that this team is in the game still, right? Like yeah. the fact that you you pushed hard and you just like you said, Drew, very shortly thereafter, and it's appropriate because I, I was I tweeted earlier in the game. I got to go and find it because you're right. There were a lot of a lot of tweets from that game, but it was funny because we had the um, just as in the second period. I said the Lowry line with a solid shift in the second, uh, early in the second period, feels like 17 is close to finally breaking his goalless streak. And so then you know they scored, and so I said, okay, well, one Bailey the intern is gonna be very happy because she's a big Adam Lowry fan, so. I'm sure Bailey the intern's very happy, but you could just see the relief on 17 when he sure. scored that goal to get into the uh, to get into you know to break it to tie the game and, and you know give the Jets life, give the give the building life, and and you know to me uh, you needed to. This was a game that was going to be requiring everybody to make an effort. It wasn't going to be won by one guy. You needed a collective team effort. You needed every single guy to get a piece of that win. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you had. That, that, that to me is, you know, we've, whether you have on the score sheet or whether you just did things that were, were important in the game, you know, um, Joe from Winnipeg put up that, uh, the stat about Stanlin's face off prowess and, and David Gustafson and David Gustafson, by the way, you know, two, two good games back for him since he's returned for uh, injury. January looks like 10. he's had some jump in his step and everything else. I mean, yeah. you just want to see him have some consistent health. Well, hey, we know he's going to score against San Jose because that's the team he's got his goal against. So <laughs> he'll right. most likely score against. Maybe he can undress his his, his countryman Eric Carlson again and have that memorable uh, moment. Well, ho- hopefully, Hellbuck will need to put up sixty-one saves or whatever <laughs> it was uh, in that same game. Right? It was the same game, I think. Yeah. No. That mistaken. was. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that was. Yeah. Not, anyways, point is that you could just you needed the guys. You needed everyone to contribute, and and so you got that from Adam Lowry, and that's one of the things we've talked about. And you do wonder if uh, Nemestikov and Lowry and Perrin are finally going to be that third line that the Jets have been lacking, right? That third line that can, you know, I mean, it's one game. We're not going to like start anointing them anything other than. Uh, you seem it, like you're about to do some anointing. I got to be honest. A little anointing. A little I'm gonna anointing. Anoint. I'm going to, it might be anointing. You Anywho, although let me tell you, all these, all these names I'm sitting there going on, Nemestikov. Uh, I'm like, okay, copy, paste, copy, paste. Anywho, <laughs> the point is, you know, it, it, it's really important for Adam Lowry, obviously to be contributing. He contributes in other ways, but uh, it, this was a, that's a big monkey off his back to, to get, to get that goal, to get the team back into the game, get yeah. the crowd back in because it very easily could have gone South. And instead everybody's pumped up because they've now tied the game. Contributed a fight as well, which we'll touch on a little bit later because that yeah. fight actually uh, turned out to be a very important. That fight point. gave him a gave him the third star of the game from whoever the 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 media member who picked the three stars tonight were. I can't imagine who that would have been based on that uh, preamble by your by by, <laughs> by you there. Uh, so the Jets tie it up, and then it only takes him twenty seconds to take the lead. Pardon me, twenty two seconds to be exact. I wanted my math to be completely yeah, accurate. Be accurate here, Drew. Yes, I know. Accuracy is very important. Kyle Capo Bianco or Well I of course. One, yeah. Big bad Leroy Brown. Hey. It's a good song. I can't fault him for it. It's a really good song. Uh, it's his second of the year, assist to Blake Wheeler. Uh, and this is, again, another one that Jack Campbell can't let in. Uh, he does let it in, clearly. And now Cody Cece's stick may have had something to do with it. Cece had his stick sort of out trying to block the shot. And as uh, Don Cherry used to always articulate so eloquently, 
by which I mean not at all eloquently, uh, you know, about the impact of putting out your stick and how it impacts the goalie being able to see the puck. Uh, Kyle Capo Bianco takes advantage of it. He beats Jack Campbell with the goal. Jack Campbell in the first year of a five-year, $25 million contract. So yikes uh, for the Oilers on that one. Uh, but it gives the Jets the lead at 4-3 and good for Capo Bianco. You know, he's played so sparingly this year, but I haven't disliked his games when he's been in the lineup. And so I don't know if it's a matter of the more you watch him, the more he plays, the less you like it. But in the very brief glimpses that we've seen of him, and I'm sure it hasn't been an easy year for him to be the seventh defenseman and you know very rarely and very sparingly uh, called upon, I, I've, I've enjoyed his game. And I thought tonight it was another one of those games where, you know, this isn't an easy team to play against. Nope. You're going to, at some point in time, you know, I don't know how many shifts he played against uh, McDavid and more and, and, uh, Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins. I mean, I can look it up maybe during the break, but he certainly didn't look out of place. And I thought that was very impressive for him uh, given, uh, and, and to get a goal on top of that, this is the, really the cherry on the ice cream for certain. Well, you got You have to give him a lot of credit because it, it's not easy to be that seventh defenseman and to sit around and, and, you know, practice and, and practice and practice and practice and not play games. Right. So yeah, you're right to be able to stay conditioned and to be able to stay you know, as feel like you're still part of the team and feel that you can make a contribution. It, it's huge. And so it's, it's a, it's a big goal for Kyle Capo Bianco, which yeah. I'm sure uh, Harner Ryan Singh had a lot of fun saying during the broadcast, but it, it was just a, it's an important goal for the jets because the building freaking exploded. I mean, it just, <laughs> it like, uh, it was, it was wild because again, you got to remember, like, especially when you're in the press box, you're looking down sometimes you're not really, it's hard, especially after a goal, you're trying to focus, you're reading something, you look up and all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's another goal when they happen that quickly, bang, bang, as uh, Dennis used to say. So uh, suddenly the, there's joy back in Joyland, and the fire wagon hockey of the Smythe division is alive and well. It certainly was, and it didn't take long for the Oilers to tie it up again. This third period, the second period was something to write home about. Less than two minutes later, a minute 58 after the Jets. I mean, the Jets can't help but shoot themselves in the foot. And they take a too many men on the ice penalty. And if there's one team in the league you don't want to take a too many men on the ice penalty against, it's this Edmonton Oilers team. I mean, it's amazing. Look at the Oilers' goals during today's game. Power play to start shorthanded, even strength on a giveaway by uh, the terrible giveaway by Shifley, and then another power play goal. So, I mean, the Jets are, you know, by and large playing well and controlling a lot of the game, especially at five on five. It's just these mistakes that end up in the back of their net and they end up in the back of their net so very quickly, seven seconds. The first power play, that was really inefficient for Edmonton. That took them 13 seconds. This one, this is how they like to do it. This one only took them seven seconds. Dreisaitl, the hat trick, his 41st of the year. Assist to Connor McDavid. Oh, he's got 70 assists. It's March the 4th, people. And uh, Evan Bouchard gets his 20th assist on the season. It's just bang, bang, bang. It's a it's down low to McDavid. It's a one-touch, uh, one-timer pass to Dreisaitl. And Dreisaitl is just able to get away from Dylan DeMello, who can't tie up the stick. And Dreisaitl with the redirection past Connor Hellebuck. And it's a no doubt about it. And it's for all at this point in the uh, in the second period still. And you're just sitting there going, are you serious? Like, I'm looking down. I got Colby, our, our photographer, sending me pictures. His phone is being overloaded. And yeah, Drew, I mean, it's 
it's a wild hockey game. And, and, and again, it's one of those things that you're sitting there going, what am I watching? You know, where, where did the, the you're right. Wow. This is and all I could think about. It, and it's funny. You mentioned this earlier. All I could think about was this is a game. The fans love the media. Enjoy yeah. the players. Love it. The coaching staff, absolutely losing their minds. You know, it's never going to happen. I'm sorry, I'm going to digress a little bit here. It's never going to happen, but this is entertaining hockey. This is how hockey should be played. Now, it's never played this way, or it's played this way so sparingly because so many of the teams in the league can't play this way because they suck. And, you know, uh, you know, and that's just they're the you know, suckiest me- bunch of sucks that ever did suck. Well, you know, you know, teams, you know, there's so many teams with so many players and there's such a discrepancy between the teams that can sort of play fire wagon hockey and have the skill on their roster to do so. And yeah. then the rest of the teams that just don't have those uh, those players. And so as a result, they have to muck up the game and they have to play a trap or, you know, uh, something like that. That really tries to uh, make up for the fact that they have uh, they have less skill. Than their than their opposition most nights. Right. So on a game like tonight, where you get to see it, I mean, you know, it just doesn't happen enough, and that's part of the reason why I think the NHL struggles. I mean, look, it was a sold out. It was a sold out arena tonight, and why was it a sold out arena? Because fans knew that no matter what the game was going to look like, you're going to see talent. You're right. going to see unbelievable talent on the ice, and so yeah, if I can only afford to go to one game or if I'm picking my season tickets and I have first pick, this is probably a lot of people's first pick. It's McDavid. It's, 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 it's a Saturday night. It's the greatest player. You want to see the great players comparing this game versus what's going to happen on Monday against the San Jose sharks. And yeah, they have Eric Carlson. So maybe Eric Carlson will do something neat. Or he does have 80 like points. I know. And he's worth, he's one of those exceptional players. But by and large, otherwise, it's just going to be stifling to have to watch, uh, you know, go from this to going to a, you know, to, uh, um, uh, an average Jets team against a not very good uh, San Jose Barracudas team uh, on, <laughs> on Monday night. So that's going to just, that's a bit of an aside, that's a bit of a tangent, but that's why this kind of game is so fun. Uh, so the Jets, uh, dry cycle ties it up. It's four all, if my math is correct at this point in time. And, but we're not nearly close to done in the second period. No, we are not. But you might as well. Well, let me just take a break. Let me take a breath and remind people what you need to be doing as we keep going here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show is you need to be smashing the like button. You need to be subscribing to the YouTube channel. You need to be sending me your social insurance number so I can steal your identity. You need not that to be, last thing, not that last I'm thing. I'm sorry, hang on. I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet again. My mistake. You need to be doing all the things we ask of you in order so that we can keep bringing you the quality content that we bring you on a regular basis here on the Illegal Curve post-game show and the Illegal Curve hockey show on Saturday morning. So remember, do that. Smash the like button. So hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, and again on a Saturday morning, is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For all at this point in time, we're not yet... <laughs> Sorry, hold on. We, uh, you know, we might have to give another uh, Tough Duck Tuke, because this is a great comment by Bailey, the intern. Put it on the thing. I'm going to graduate <laughs> high school before this show is done. Well done, Bailey. I, you know, I, I, I get a lot of chuckles out of the, uh, out of the chat, but that's, that one's a, that's a, a chuckle on a highlighter. You might. You you really might at this point in time, Bailey. We're almost an hour into the post-game show, and we haven't even got to the uh, third period yet. Uh, Still in the second. It's for all. But Morgan Barron, again, it doesn't take the Jets long to respond. You like to see the punch back. They got punched in the jaw a fair number of times, and I'm not talking about Adam Lowry and Darnell Nurse, but they punched back. 
So the yeah. punch and then the counter punch. Morgan Barron, a guy who's been all around the net but hasn't been able to score for a long, yeah. long time, uh, is able to get one. His sixth assist to Josh Morrissey. Morrissey's up to 51 assists on the season. What a fantastic year for him. I'm telling people as if they don't already know that. But a lot of intelligence shown by Morgan Barron here, sort of making sure that it's a legal line change. He almost had yeah. to wait an extra beat yeah. before he's able to pick up the puck and then come in all alone on Jack Campbell. I think uh, it was maybe Kyle Connor was the one who was exiting the ice and Barron was the one who was coming on. I could be wrong yeah. about the Connor part there, but whatever it was, it was a good line change for the Jets. Probably not a great line change for the Oilers, or they maybe just got lost a little bit in the shuffle there, as can happen in that chaotic second period uh, with the long change. Yeah. But Barron picks it up, he cuts in, and he goes, I think, five hole on Jack Campbell, assist to Morrissey, and the Jets have now retaken the lead again, 5-4. Punch, counter punch, punch, counter punch, punch, counter punch, punch. Well, and do, again, do, 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 do. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to finish up. <laughs> do I didn't mean to finish off your little ditty there? But the point is that Dave, I've gone delirious. That's all good. That's all good. We've been we've been doing like eight hundred shows in a row, Drew, yeah. in the last like four minutes. So yeah. we're all good. But a little a little being a little bit of deliriousness is fine. So I, I think you know, like I think delirium is the word you were looking for there. What did I say? Deliriousness. Whatever you can make, we make up words here on the show all the time. What do I care? Delirium. Yeah. Sorry, Drew. I didn't know you went to medical school. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not a doctor, but I'll take a look. Yeah, exactly. You know, I once bought that shirt for a buddy of mine who's a chiropractor. Yeah, well, he's not a doctor either. Let me tell you. Well, oh, ouch. <laughs> well, he wore it for the record. He considered himself to be a doctor, I think, but he yeah. he did he did he did wear that shirt with pride. So, anyways, that's a that's again that's another side here. But look, you know, it, it it's huge. I mean, it, first of all, you're right. Presence of mind by Morgan Barron to be to ensure that he's onside, to make sure that he doesn't take it too many men there. And so you could see that he hesitated and he could have been, you know, the one thing, and I think, uh, you know, my, my seatmate beside me said, I don't think I've seen him move that quickly. And it was good to see that, you know, for him to get the wheels going yeah. and to, you know, to really push towards the, the Oilers net. And he, you know, he could feel the guys behind him, but that's a big goal for, for number 36. I mean, it's a huge goal for him to, to feel good, I mean, to get that get that piece of the win, and that's what we're talking about here with with contributions across not just from your from your top six, but across the board, all up and down the lineup, is the fact that every guy there feels like they're getting a piece of that win, which is of course significant. So that's what you want to see, and so yeah, it's it's and again, it's another one of those situations where the crowd is losing their minds because you know you you thought you just blew up the lead, and you thought Edmonton's going to keep pushing, and and like I said, the funniest the funniest part to me, Drew, is that. That was like seven goals yeah. in in like no you know sorry it was five goals in seven minutes from from the from the first one in the second period to to Morgan Barons and you're just sitting there going like what the hell am I watching this is absolutely madness so anyways it was it was a huge goal for the Jets a nice goal by Barron and you could see the again the crowd goes bananas the crowd is loving it and, and that's that's what you want that's what you want from and we had someone I, I highlighted the the comment earlier but it's what the atmosphere in the building felt like. And again, a lot of that I think was the Wasack. We got to give them credit because yeah. they had a lot of no, but I'm saying between whistles, I don't know if they showed it during the commercial break, but they were they'd be playing the music and they'd be doing this. So it was like entertaining. Like there was there was there was stuff going on that uh that that was I think you know keeping folks excited. And again, people react to these kind of games. I mean I think people enjoy them. It's a little uh chaotic and like I said, everybody but the coaches are happy. 
everyone but the coaches are happy, and then the happiness even increased right before the end. The amazing part is that that Baron goal doesn't come, like, you know, with three minutes to go in the, in the second period. It comes at the 10.45 mark. There's still half a period to play, and they scored this many goals. So it's not, you know, they scored, what, one, two, three, four, you know, they scored five goals in seven minutes. It's wild. I mean, that's uh, how fun is that? And before you get to the next goal, Drew, we should yeah. mention, because the, the one play that was worth mentioning that, that like that resulted in kind of the reason why, like I said, I gave Lowry, you know, like I thought he was good in the game, but I mean, I thought it was too nice to see him step up because there was no reason for Manaline and to have to fight Darnell Nurse. Like it was a completely legal check on Connor McDavid. And it's funny because like, again, you always are interested to hear what other, you know, writers or, or media are thinking. And Derek had said, you know, maybe it sounded worse than it was, but it, it wasn't, it was a completely legal hit. By Menelainen, but you know, of course, you you see your there's guy a get. A, there's a little bit of a leg sweep there. In, oh, I, I mean, I, I, I again, I couldn't see from again. It the hit happened right below us where we sit in the press box. I didn't see the. I didn't see anything about. I didn't see him sweep the leg, Karate Kid style. There's a but, little bit of a leg sweep, but you know what? In this instance, the hit itself is legal. The leg sweep is, you know, but there's no way nurse nurse didn't see that though. He, I mean, nurse just no, reacting. No, 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 no. He responded to the fact that he, you hit you hit Connor McDavid. Like, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have to fight as a result based on whatever weird code the the NHL has, uh, you know, developed. I, I don't mind the leg sweep. I mean, obviously, if I'm an Oilers fan, I don't like it, you know, because you're touching our the franchise. But I don't mind the leg sweep because it just shows, you know, we're gonna make it a little bit harder on on, on you than we had than we did last night. You know, you're going to have to fight just a little bit harder. Yeah, maybe we'll play a little bit, you know, I'm going to use the word dirty, even though that's not the right word in this instance. Uh, but, you know, whatever it might be, we're just going to make it a little bit harder on you to succeed. And that's what the Jets don't often show. They don't necessarily make it hard on their opponent. In well, this instance, they yeah. made it hard on McDavid with a good hit. And then as a result, you know, just maybe a good hit plus a little bit more oomph on the hit, if, if, if that's again, what you want to say. It. To me, it looked like a good hit. That's the way I saw it. But again, like I didn't really see the replay. I just saw the hit as it was live be below us. They talked and about so, it on the intermission. So that's probably why you okay. they, they pointed yeah, yeah, yeah. it out on the, uh, I think it was Kevin Bieksa who pointed it out on the okay. broadcast during the second yeah, intermission. Sure. And again, like I said, but in the, in the speed of the game, it looked like it was totally fine. And and to me, it looked like it was a fine. And I like, oh, yeah. line. I like, and, and I like, look, that's what you have to do. Yeah. That's what you have to do. And when like, you get again, an opportunity when you yeah, exactly take, take, that's what you, people were calling for that, right? Like you got to hit these guys. You got to make them feel pain. And it's like you can't just allow them that free access to the zone anytime they want. And don't get me wrong, McDavid and Dreisaitl are phenomenal skaters, so it's not exactly easy an easy right. task. And that's kind of what I thought Neil Pionk was getting back to when it was like Neil Pionk from the playoffs in when the Jets swept the Oilers the and where when he played uh, McDavid so well and so tight. So look, I, I liked Menelain and hitting McDavid, and I liked. Um, um, and the best was like nurse drops the glove men lines. Like I ain't fighting you. Like there's no reason for me to fight you. Well, you and know, then, who, and you know who lost their mind about it. I mean, it doesn't take him much to lose his mind is Mark Spector on Twitter. Uh, Mark Spector who covers the Oilers for Sportsnet and is yeah. uh, a pretty good mouthpiece for, for Ken Holland. Usually uh, go let, you can go look at his tweet about it. He's like, you know, Madeline and, you know, doesn't answer the call, but Adam Lowry does and typical coward move by Madeline and, Typical. How many times has he watched him play? I mean, anyways, who... I can promise you Mark Spector was introduced to Saku Manalainen last night for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, okay, whatever. But the point is that, uh, 
that anyways, I, I, it was, it was, a, and it was good, good for Lowry to step up for a teammate and say, look, this guy's not a fighter. He's not going to like, I mean, nurse is a big boy. He can handle himself, yeah. but Lowry tuned him. I mean, it was a good tilt, but Lowry took, took it. And, and again, what I'm saying though, Drew, what the key part of that was, was it allowed the crowd to really erupt and the crowd was already excited. And then men align and, you know, like hits McDavid crowd mm-hmm. likes that. And then Lowry tunes nurse crowd likes that. So to me, that was the, key, was it was a big moment in that period because everybody's getting amped up from, uh, you know, again, that sort of experience. No question about it. And not only, you know, it's, it's a great sequence that made it even better because of course, nurse gets the unsportsmanlike conduct. He gets the yeah. instigator penalty there. Like he should, because that's a clear-cut instigator, you know, rule. He, you know, the clean hit. He decides they have to fight. Well, that's fine. He can, but you're going to take an extra two as a result for it, which he does. And you know, the Oilers are probably thinking, well, he's defending the franchise, so it's okay. We're going to kill it yeah. off. Except they don't. Josh Morrissey rounds out a period full of scoring with under two seconds to play. One point two to be precise. One point two Morrissey from the point, his fifteenth of the season, his second of the game, assisted Kyle Connor and Mark Shifley. It's a power play goal for the Jets, and it makes it six four just before the end of the second period, a second period that I don't think any of us are going to forget anytime soon. Absolutely, uh, just. Tons going on in that period, and of course, it culminates uh, in that Morrissey goal, which turns out to be the game-winning goal for the Winnipeg Jets. Ultimately, yeah, and and again, you can just tell that, like the the, if you thought that the crowd was amped when Josh Morrissey scored with 1.2 seconds to go, and again, check the illegal curve Instagram. Colby, I know, is in the chat. Colby took a lot of great photos. I haven't even gotten to half, like half of them, but I, I did post the picture of Mark Shifley almost breaking Josh Morrissey's leg when he was so excited with the uh, the goal by. 44, but I mean, and it's, I, I tweeted this and it's the truth. And and again, we're not here to pump tires, but like, it really is a shame that Josh Morrissey is not getting more recognition. And I understand he's come down a little bit in terms of his analytics, but he still has 66 points. He's number two in scoring amongst defensemen. And it's absolutely insane to me that he gets no recognition for the uh, Norris a trophy. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And I, and I talked about this a while ago when ESPN did their, uh, um, yeah, their mid season poll or whatever. Yeah. It whatever it was, it was yeah, like a month the All-Star ago. game maybe. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. And it was basically like Morrissey had literally like an honorable mention. He had like six, he was like 15th on the list or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's just, it's absolutely insane. It's ludicrous to, to, to put it mildly based on what he's been able to do. And the, and again, that was like that effort. And you can see, you can see it in the reaction. It was kind of like, you know, how Derek was talking about Connor McDavid's reactions when he scores goals. Yeah. It's, it's something we're not used to seeing from Josh Morrissey. He's a fairly muted guy, a fairly humble guy and a fairly classy guy. And I don't take anything away. I like when guys celebrate their goals because as long as you're not celebrating in front of the, you know, and you know, showboating in front of the other team's bench, but I like, <laughs> I like seeing emotion from guys when they score goals. Sure. So I, I don't have a problem with it, but you know, again, it's a, it's an element of Josh Morrissey that we're not really used to seeing because he, he was never that expressive as far as I can remember. And now that he's got basically the team on his back, yeah, you're seeing it more and more. And so, yeah, the, 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 the reaction after he scores that goal is significant. Here's what he had to say about that with Mark Shifley reacting and Morrissey reacting. Uh, quote, that's just emotion. We were ready to play tonight, and it was a big goal for us. I was a little caught off guard. He's a bigger guy, he being Mark Shifley. He's yeah. a bigger guy than I thought. So that's uh, Josh Morrissey talking about the uh, 
post goal celebration and the Morrissey tackle. Uh, good form tackle by uh, by pardon me, by good form tackle by Mark Shifley there. Uh, that quote courtesy of Murata Tesh in uh, his Twitter feed. So there you go. That's what uh, Morrissey had to say about that one. So it's six four for the Jets at this point in time. We're finally through forty minutes. We're through an hour <laughs> of the illegal curve post game show. Uh, Second is- hour means we'll get to the third period. Yeah, overtime. We should take a break now and then come back after that. But no, <laughs> we'll keep going. This is the, of course, Betway game recap brought to you by our friends at Betway. It's safe and fun to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. I said the Jets needed to shut down the Oilers in this period. It was essential that the Jets, especially after Tuesday, where they couldn't hold a two-goal lead on, on a number of different occasions, they couldn't hold a two-goal lead can they hold a two-goal lead against the Oilers powerhouse juggernaut and it doesn't look good to start Nick Bukestad who of course just acquired from uh, the Arizona Coyotes or the Arizona money laundering operation uh, gets his 14th goal of the season assist to uh, Shore and Evan Bouchard I believe that makes it a three assist night for Evan Bouchard that comes early in the third period the 255 mark of the third period cuts the Jets lead in half from 6-4 to 6-5 and there's still 17 minutes to play as uh, as a Dave sorry your name's Dave not as it I is apologize. not a- I'll pay penance for that later on <laughs> it's all good it's all good um, my you know you can call me as anytime yeah but look the the fact is that this it was funny because it's one of those situations where obviously nobody wants to give up a goal and you want to be you want to be able to lock it down. And I, I agreed with your tweet that you, you sent out before the third period saying mm-hmm. this is going to be whatever you I mean, I, I don't want to paraphrase it if you want to if you remember what you said specifically, but it's, it's a big test, it's an important yeah. test. Yeah, and basically that the team is gonna need to show what they're made of here in the third period because they need these two points. They're absolutely critical for the Jets to to get to you know to build some momentum to to remove the stink and it, like we said it's so funny right the, Je- it, the jets win today if the jets win monday and let's say the jets beat the wild i mean it's it's amazing to think what that will do for the mindset of folks who were absolutely apoplectic yeah. and wanting to blow this team up and i'm again i'm not saying it trust me i'm not suggesting it's going to uh, remove the warts from the jets game and suddenly change everything i'm just saying winning has a tendency to make you forget about some of these losses but anyways, the point I drew to me was that it was almost like, okay, you got punched in the mouth. And, and I've said this before, but I think it's important. Like I, I talk about it with the Moose all the time because mm-hmm. the Moose are a team that oftentimes, because they're such a, and I'm not saying the Jets are a young team. The Moose are, in fact, like one of the youngest teams yeah. in the AHL. Right. But, but oftentimes when they give up a goal, what is going to happen next? How are you going to react? How are you going to be able to hold the fort? And it didn't look good. You're right. Because, I mean, Edmonton poured it on. But you like the fact that the Jets, I don't know how many, how many high danger chances did Edmonton have in the third period? Oh, I know it was like check that for you. What? Allow me to check that for you right here. Yeah. Uh, I know the it's Oilers like, had eight in the third period. Yeah. So I mean, like they had a lot. And look, Connor Hellebuck, you can say he wasn't it was, you know, he's playing his second game in two nights. He's played a lot of hockey, but he was very good in that third period when you needed Connor Hellebuck to be he made very he made the saves and look, they were being outshot at one point. I think it was like 13 to five yeah. Edmonton was pouring it on mm-hmm. in an attempt to, you know, tie that game and the jets didn't allow them to. Yeah. And it was, it was, again, I thought it was a team effort. Like I thought that the jets played like a connected group. And I think you saw that. I think that they were vocal. I think that you could see the way they kind of communicated on the ice. 
At least it's that that was the way it looked like to me. And I thought that it was a it was a huge as big as it was to come back in the game and to score goals in the game was to hold Edmonton off the score sheet and to to maintain that you know lead until you could get the empty netter. Yeah, and uh, they do get the empty netter. They're able to hold off the Oilers, as you said, Dave. They're able to keep everything to the outside and rely on Connor Hellebuck, and they get the empty netter. Dylan DeMello at the 19.25 mark, so with 35 seconds to go. Jack Campbell on the bench, although Campbell's been on the bench for a lot of the game, given how he had played. <laughs> uh, Nemesnikov getting the assist, his first point as a member of the Winnipeg Jets, and it gives the Jets... I mean, such an important victory uh, to at least for one night, not saying that uh, it's a panacea for what all, uh, no, all ails. I'm not. not saying that there's not you know another uh, slide coming, but for one night, they got a win and they get feel good about themselves in a very entertaining, uh, high scoring seven, five victory for the Winnipeg Jets over the Edmonton Oilers. That has been, it's taken us, over an hour that has been the betway game recap we basically yeah. just did a saturday show even though we've already done a saturday show today yeah and because we still got lots to go that's true we still have lots to go uh pick a shot dave which which goal is getting our seagram shot of the game which one in your mind is it the Morrissey well it's, floater? it's is it the capo bianco no floater? it's either the josh morrissey game winning goal okay or you can give it to Leon Dreisaitl because the uh, the the game tying goal for them, yeah. which uh, I mean, gave it to Dreisaitl that... last night. I don't know why oh, okay. you have that. Give it to give it to, jo- give it to Josh Morrissey because uh, that game winning goal was phenomenal. The reaction was phenomenal. So you got to give it to Josh Morrissey in that game winning goal. There you go. Josh Morrissey gets the Seagram's shot of the game for his goal, the game winning goal with 1.2 seconds to go in the second. Although Lowry, Lowry punching uh, Darnell Nurse in the face, that's also a pretty good shot. <laughs> that too. Uh, Seagram's 83, Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey, available at your local liquor retailer, wherever you may be joining us in from. Let's go to break because I need to take a big deep breath. And when we come back, we are going to do some contests. We're going to do some quotes from the locker room. We're going to do some shenanigans, as we always do. It's a little bit after 10 o'clock. It's Saturday night. If you're with us to this point, you have nowhere else to be. So stay with us. It's the Illegal Curve postgame show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk. We're talking about the Jets. We're talking about whatever else is on our minds. We're live on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, 
and my life is in chaos. Chaos. Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 10.15 in the evening, welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on this Saturday night. Hope you're enjoying your evening wherever it finds you, whatever you are doing, if you're doing something in addition to, of course, watching these two handsome gentlemen on the screen, Dave M. and myself, courtesy of Murat Atesh. We need to keep sending Murat. That's why, you know, I miss Murat on the road trips. Generally, he's sometimes on some of the road trips because he's really good at sending out the quotes from the players in a really timely fashion. And that's, of course, very important to me. And that's really all about me and you and you know everyone that's watching this fine program. Uh, Adam Lowry, this is courtesy of Murat. Like I said, when he, uh, was, when he was asked by Murat how Winnipeg parked the feeling of deja vu, the deja vu, of course, being giving up an early power play goal like they did last night. Quote, I don't know if you park it. It's like, oh, boy, here we go again. That's one of those things. Shifley gets a great tip, and Josh Morrissey's shot finds some eyes, and now all of a sudden we're able to flip the script. And they certainly were able to flip the script, and those two goals were certainly huge 
for the Winnipeg Jets in their, uh, I guess it's technically a come from behind victory over the uh, loss uh, the Edmonton Oilers coming from behind down one nothing and coming from behind what were they down three two if I'm not mistaken and then holding on after they and uh, eventually took that five four and then six four lead. More on Lowry Lowry. Uh, on the pond hockey barn burner seven five scorcher quote David Riddick looked at me at one point and he goes this might be ten eight and I go I certainly hope not so a good <laughs> deadpan humor uh, from Mister uh, Adam Lowry I saw Adam Lowry was backstage seeing Bert Kreischer uh, the comedian along with Connor Halbach and some I think some of the other teammates earlier this week on uh, the concert hall I saw that on Bert Kreischer's uh, Instagram uh, feed so there you go so uh, you mean Bert Kreischer like the guy from like uh is he the guy who always like doesn't wear a t-shirt when he's doing his comedy that's exactly oh, he's, he's he's hilarious I've been watching a lot of his YouTube stuff he's actually very funny he does with um Tom Segura right? yeah that's right Tom and Bert and oh, is he, was he in Winnipeg I didn't realize he was in Winnipeg you missed him it was uh, he was here on Wednesday no, I, no, no. I mean, I, it's fine, but I'm just saying I didn't realize. He's very funny. I like him, actually. Yes, and so uh, I was talking to uh, one of the gentlemen from Rumors, uh, and they were backstage, and they said he was a very nice guy, and he was a classy gentleman and everything else. And apparently what I heard is that uh, one of the comedians who opened for Burt, uh, Dave Williamson, addressed the crowd at the concert hall and said something along the lines of, you guys in Winnipeg should be so thankful because you have the best comedy club in North America speaking about rumors and the entire yeah. crowd uh, cheered in response. So uh, oh, nice. there you go. So that's a nice All little right. uh, behind the scenes thing going on there. Uh, more from uh, Murata Tesh, uh, courtesy on, on the Jets quotes, Josh Morrissey on the Jets resilience tonight, quote, the early power play and goal against can kind of bring back some bad memories, I guess in the short term, but we got back on it and we just kept playing. I think that shows that we were ready to play tonight. And even some adversity early wasn't going to affect our ability to keep playing and play the rest of the 58 minutes or whatever it was. Of course, the question being, why weren't they ready to play last night? But tonight they were ready. And as a result, or it contributed to a 7-5 victory over the Edmonton Oilers, Dave M. Well, and, and remember, one of the things, what if we, it's funny, it feels like it was a lifetime ago, it wasn't that long ago, we were, we were talking about how the Jets couldn't score a five-on-five -five goal if their life depended on it. Well, they seem to have found out how they could do that in these games against the uh, Kings and Oilers. I mean, obviously not necessarily last night, you're not going to, you're not going to celebrate that too much, but the fact is that you needed to, to be able to get it done. And, and again, collectively as a group, and that's exactly what they did, getting contributions up and down the board. So you still need more. You still need more from Kyle Connor. He seems to have uh, been snake bit a little bit. Nikolai Ehlers, he too is a little bit, you know, you know, still trying to find his game a little bit uh, throughout the course, you know, since he's returned from his injury. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you do still wonder how much this sports hernia, uh, you know, is hampering him just a little bit. You know, I, there's no question in my mind that he's not playing at full strength. I mean, you can, no. you, there's no question in my mind that he's not playing at full strength and he won't play at full strength this entire season. It takes an entire off season to yeah. heal something like that. He's gritting it out and he's gutting it out, Yeah, but it's not, he's not, he's not, you know, operating like, like we're used to seeing him operate. It's a struggle. There was one play 
where it was just they, the puck was on a stick. There would look like he was going to hit him where he lost ice. it, and then they yeah, had where the, he lost it, and then it yeah. took uh, he got bailed period. out. Yeah, he got bailed out. Hellbuck made a nice save. Yeah, but you can just see that he's not at full strength uh, or anywhere probably near full strength at this point. No, and and that and so I mean again, like I said, I think that I, I suspect that's actually now that I you know I think about it a little bit, most likely the reason why his his minutes are a little bit oh. limited. I think yeah. as opposed to you know what, but again, like I said, you still want if he's playing. Like that's the one thing. At the end of the day, if you guys, if the if the like that's like last year. Remember, we had to hear about all these guys being injured and playing through injuries, and it's like, well, why are you playing them? Like if they're playing and they're okay, but they're still injured, and then if it's not an excuse, then don't use it as an excuse now. Because if you you had the option to to you know let guys heal and sit some guys, and yeah. you didn't, and that's your prerogative, but you know you can't then claim, oh well, he was dealing with X, Y, and Z. So anywho, the point is that you you still have guys who need to con- you know contribute Blake Wheeler still needs to find more you need to see more from him but overall like i said he struggled tonight too i mean he's, yeah. he's 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 struggling um i you know i don't know problem is the jets are really limited with their options no there's there's nothing to do i mean realistically yeah. i mean we don't know what the status of jets of course are going to be off tomorrow so there won't yeah. be anything we'll, we won't find anything about out about Pierre Luc Dubois until um until monday when they have a morning skate as they get ready for the sharks. But yeah, I mean, look, we're, you're not operating with a lot of, there's not a lot of depth there. Yeah, right. Not a lot of so, so you're, you're, you're the jets will be hopeful. Look, I mean, but the truth is, and again, like Wheeler's numbers, I think the underlying numbers for Wheeler and, um, and uh, Stanley's numbers weren't good, but, but Wheeler's numbers actually, and who was, who's on the, who's the winger on that line that I'm thinking of um, Connor. Yeah. Right, it was Niederreiter, Shifley, and no, 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 Ehlers. Sorry, it was Wheeler. Oh, no, it, it was Ehlers, Ehlers, yeah. Wheeler, and Stenland. Stenland's yeah. numbers, I don't think were his underlying numbers were that good. But, but the point is that I just think that you don't, you know, when you have yeah, Dubois, was, you know, just under fifty percent possession. Okay, no. so they were they weren't bad. But anyways, the point is, yeah. look, I I do wonder if 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 Rick Bonus goes back to Dubois, Connor, and and Ehlers. Ehlers. When, I do think when, he will. I do think so too, and I and I think he should because that that trio really worked well. And I actually yeah. think Niederreiter with Wheeler and and Shifley would be a nice combo. So I actually think that'd be not. I think that would give you what you need. And again, if you've got uh, Nemestikov with Lowry and Baron, yeah, small sample size, one game, we could be talking about it completely different on Monday. But that you know rounds it out. And then with you've got you know Axel Janssen, Fielbi with David Gustafsson and Saku Manalainen, the Nordic line. At least then it seems that you've got lines that would work. I'm not saying that they're going to be perfect, but I think those would be lines that would work and they would be able to contribute. And, you know, like I said, San Jose, maybe you look, sometimes you need a, a team that you can beat up on a little bit. And look, the Sharks, who did the Sharks play today? They were caps. They got shit kicked by the Capitals. Uh, yeah. 7-3. Uh, hang on. Let me find it. Uh, 8-3. David Quinn, the Sharks uh, coach, got kicked out of the game as well. And then <laughs> really? and he uh, he unleashed a tirade. Uh, you know, it was Morrissey-esque with the, not Morrissey-esque, Maurice-esque yeah. with the, uh, the F-U, F-U, and F-U-2 sort of thing. You didn't want to read his lips yeah. because uh, the uh, the curse words were a-flying in that instance. And just quickly, C-Mac is asking, is, is Perfetti coming back this year? He could probably come back for the playoffs, but I, I don't see. And look, you never know with injuries. The teams are never the most forthright. Yeah. You know, like just speaking of David Gustafson. So Dave Gustafson was injured. Well, he was injured in the game January 10th and uh, he was held out of, you know, he was, we didn't know what his status. Then they put him on IR 
And on January 26th, uh, Rick Bonus said, yeah, he probably just needs three or four more days. He had an MRI, blah, blah, blah. Well, it took him seven weeks before he was ready to get back on the ice and play. And even, to be honest with you, I, it's almost like out of necessity, they threw him into the game last night because uh, of what happened with Pierre-Luc Dubois and his nagging injury from practice. So, um, yeah. you know, you never you never know with 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 respect to Cole Perfetti, but, but Rick Bonus did say it's a minimum of eight weeks, and that was would have taken them right till around April when the playoffs it was the, basically around the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so don't, the point is don't count on Perfetti. Don't pencil no. into your lineup or anything. By the way, uh, you know, who did look good though. I thought Dylan Sandberg looked good in his return to the lineup. Well, I, we're still not sure why he was ever out of the lineup to begin with. I know, but I'm just saying like, I think, I think that yeah. experiment, I think that rotation should be uh, the experiment of that rotation should be over. Yeah, of course it should. It should have, it should have been over a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, for reasons that I'm still confused about, uh, it wasn't over. And that's why you saw Logan Stanley in the lineup last night. Uh, you know, uh, Kenny's waters bottle is asking me if you can swear in the chat. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you can swear in the chat Bailey. I hope you're okay with that. But, uh, yeah. you know, if I can swear on, on air here, then you guys can swear in the chat. Uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned contests, it's almost at the hour 30 mark. So we might as well get to some contests for tonight. Of course, the illegal curve merchandise contest. These happen after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. The way to enter the contest, if you're new here, or if you're just downloading the podcast, or maybe you have forgotten, whatever the case might be, you go to the drop down arrow on the YouTube show, you, you on the YouTube link on the YouTube channel, you click the contest link, you'll see a whole bunch of things that you can do including entering the unique code for the Illegal Curve Contest. Once you enter that, you get bonus entries to win merchandise that we draw after each and every Winnipeg Jets game before the next post-game show starts. If you can't find the link on our contest page, it's on our uh, website, IllegalCurve.com. Pretty straightforward. If you need a tutorial, let me know. I'd be glad to walk it through with you on a separate uh, offline sort of meeting. Uh, the unique code for the Illegal Curve contest for tonight, very apropos given what we just saw, Fire Wagon Hockey. That is Fire Wagon Hockey, all one word, all capitalized. Enter that into the unique code portion of the contest page and watch your entries rack up Ten, for a chance to win illegal, uh, to, pardon me, for a chance to win Winnipeg Jets merchandise from us here at Illegal Curve. You can be like our latest contest winner. Dave M, I'm going to put his name on the screen. You announce his name. How about that? Is sure. that a good deal? Sure. Kenneth Gardner. Kenneth, Kenneth Gardner. Yeah, yes. Kenneth is a, I believe Kenneth is in North Dakota. He's all over our Twitter feed. I know that much. For no, sure. no, Kenneth is a loyal, loyal uh, uh, subscriber and viewer and tweeter and follower. And, and Kenneth enters a lot of these contests, but I know that Kenneth, if I recall correctly, and it's funny because we were talking about the IC game winning goal and IC OT pool contest, but I want to say that Kenneth, I believe has the full collection of illegal curve toques, the original illegal curve toques, because I remember I had to send a lot of them out to him in North Dakota. I want to say North Dakota. It could be South Dakota, but I'm fairly certain it's North Dakota. Illegal Curve is all over the map. We uh, appreciate folks who follow us from all over the world. Uh, John Chan in uh, Singapore. And of course, whether you're Phyllis in Morden or, you know, right here in Winnipeg, we appreciate and everyone. I saw, uh, I saw uh, Stacy from Erie, uh, Pennsylvania was here earlier as well. 
There you go. So we, we, we appreciate the international crowd and we appreciate the local crowd as well. So congratulations to Kenneth. Thank you for the support. Thank you everyone for supporting us. And remember, you know, smash that like button and also leave a comment on the podcast. I haven't checked in a while. Yeah. Maybe I'll check right now. See if there's been any new ones entered. My fancy illegal curve phone, but let's see if there's been any new ones. Anyways, remember, leave, drop a comment on the podcast. Let it, people know what you like about illegal curve and, Remember, key is this. If, if you go and I see a lot more people doing it, so I'm going to keep letting you know when you see our content on Facebook, like it and share it. Like and share, you know, that helps spread the word about Illegal Curve. And we've really started to uh, boost up that, you know, that area of our social media, which is funny because I never really used it, but it's good for the website, illegalcurve.com. So if you can, we appreciate you sharing our content and uh, just helping inform other Jets fans about uh, your source for Jets, Moose, and Ice News. Yeah, it's hard to believe there are people who don't know about us, but those people are sadly missing out on some very interesting parts of their life that they didn't know that they needed. So be sure to inform them that, again, the best place to be after each and every uh, Winnipeg Jets game. Are there new comments? I think actually Phyllis left us a comment because ah. it says Phil- Phyllis's review. So I'm going to I'm gonna read it out to inspire everyone to, uh, to leave a comment like Phyllis. These guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, kidding, kidding. That's not what Phyllis said. Love IC show for the decidedly humorous takes of Drew, Dave, and Ezzy. They are entertainment at its finest. And coupled with my love of all things Winnipeg Jets, it's a winning combination in my opinion. Thanks, IC, for brightening my life. Thank you, Phyllis, for leaving a comment and for listening to us and so and supporting us. And we will hope that all of you will follow Phyllis's lead. She's always instructing you to drop a like on this show and or the Saturday show. Follow Phyllis's lead and leave a comment in the on the podcast. We would. I think our photographer is chirping us. I'm not 100 percent sure what's happening here, but he I believe probably it. is. Yeah, I think our photographer is chirping hey, us. When you take pictures as good as Colby does, you can do whatever you want. There you go. Exactly right. Colby can chirp us. He, he's the one who's doing the great photography that you can see on uh, our Instagram. You can just follow us, uh, Legal Curve, and on, on IllegalCurve.com. And of course, the pictures are also on IllegalCurve.com. Dave M, it's been a very, very long day. It's been a very, very fun day. This was a great day in Winnipeg. I sort of referenced it at the top of the broadcast. Uh, you know, it was a fun show this morning, a little bit of inks written this morning and last night for good reason. You know, the Jets, of course, winning tonight makes everyone put a big smile on their faces. My University of Kentucky Wildcats won a very important game this afternoon as well. And yeah, then, I saw uh, you blathering about that. Thank you. I was blathering a bit. I know that I'm really, uh, you know, uh, screaming into the ether when I talk about my, with with majority of my followers when it comes to my University of Kentucky uh, tweets. But uh, humor me. It's my own, uh, it's my own uh okay well hang on if linda's saying that your grandsons watch this podcast that's why we got to well, be respectful we're not going. i'm gonna stop swearing linda we will not do gratuitous uh swearing uh unnecessarily so that's yes. that's our our promise to you we'll try and keep this on the up and up there's no need to uh yeah we to, are gratuitous to, enough without having to add yeah. swearing into into everything so we'll yeah, keep the profanity to a minimum yeah that's fair linda we can do it we can do our part if you're going to have your grandsons watching this podcast that sounds like a that sounds like a fair trade uh, from our perspective fun day 
Winnipeg Jets win 7-5 tonight uh, on home ice to arrest the losing streak. They'll try and keep it going on Monday as well. Monday start time, by the way. It's a 6.30 start time to the Ugh. game on Monday night, which means postgame is around 9.15. So something you can uh, schedule yourself accordingly for. I think both uh, Monday and Wednesday are early starts at 6.30 because those are both uh, Sportsnet broadcasts. So a little bit earlier. Why would that be 6.30? I, I think there might even be a game. Maybe they're showing a late game on the West Coast afterwards. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, that's going to be my best guess is that there's uh, – it's part of sort of one of their double header Monday, Wednesday sort of things. But, uh, anyways. well, Drew, by the way, before we go, yeah. got to mention the Winnipeg Ice finished off their 10 game uh, road trip with a, a beating of the Brandon Weekings, their provincial rivals. So they finish off their uh, road trip eight and two. They had lost the last two. They were actually up in Regina last night, uh, three nothing. And then Connor Bedard, speaking of uh, generational players. Connor Bedard decided to have a hat trick and they ended up losing that game 5-3. So they went into Brandon tonight and finished it off with a win and they'll come home. And I think they're playing Medicine Hat uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then the Moose, of course, we know Phyllis is going. I can't remember the other person who I gave tickets to, but they're going to be there. Phyllis will make a new friend who <laughs> is from the show. They'll, they'll, they can discuss the, the show and uh, leaving comments. Maybe Phyllis can convince that person to leave a comment on the podcast. But um, they'll be at the Moose game, as will I. And if you like the Wasack uh, warm-up jerseys that the Jets wore, be prepared for the Moose ones because the Moose ones are insanely awesome. And I'm sure that all the good things that the uh, Jets did today, I'm sure the Moose will do tomorrow in a different fashion, but but equally cool. And the jerseys are incredible, and they wear them in the game. And so it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be a real uh, interesting hockey contest. And the Moose are looking to end this homestand eight games they've played at home and then they head out on the road for two weeks. Uh, I can't remember how many, it's either six or eight games, probably eight games. They'll, they'll head out to Abbotsford and then they play Tuesday, Wednesday in Abbotsford, but let's focus tomorrow, tomorrow o'clock, two o'clock start in uh, downtown Winnipeg to wrap up all of our great, Oh wait, actually it doesn't wrap up because then we have a game on Monday. Yeah, getting close. Tuesday, you can take Tuesday off. I don't think there's a moose game on Tuesday. And, and the Jets no, there is a moose game on Tuesday. They play Tuesday in Abbotsford. Yeah, they play. Oh, yeah, it's Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh well, in that case, well, you know that's the bed you made for yourself, Mister Manuk. You, you get to live in it. It is uh, true. Big thank you to all for the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linda Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rollies Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. I think we've come to a compromise. You can only swear in the chat if you're going to swear using ye old English. So all your swears must be uh, time appropriate for about the 18th century. Anything beyond the 18th century, <laughs> you're not allowed to use it if you're going to uh, use it in the in the chat. So I think I saw somebody say consarnet. That is permitted. Anything worse than consarnet is not allowed at all. Ah. Uh, been a fun day for dave manuk i'm your host drew mandel we'll see you on monday night of course illegalcurve.com is where it's always updated with all your latest jets moose and ice oh, news drew hold on oh dear sorry me. i had one last thought i have to get it out because i don't want to forget <laughs> big shout out to the garden city fighting gophers who are the the high school hockey champions my alma mater 
way to go. The uh, Garden City Go- Fighting Gophers, they beat, I believe, West St. Paul two games to one, and it was an overtime win for the Garden City Gophers, so Fighting Gophers. It was, they were the Gophers when I was there. They added the fighting part, but uh, and then Gophers fought. I thought Gophers were more lovers than fighters, but congratulations to the Garden City Fighting Gophers, the uh, first ever uh, high school hockey championship in school history. So uh, congratulations to all the kids uh, in Garden City for pulling off that big win. Well, there you go. Congratulations to you as a as a uh, alumnus. Alumnus. Yes, yes, an alumnus. So very important. I, I'm surprised you didn't win it back in your day. I don't think we had a hockey team back in our day. We didn't have a hockey team as far as I can remember. But uh, regardless, congratulations to those kids. Uh, I saw some of the tweets that uh, nice article about them on Glo- on Global. So we gotta we gotta remember we we cover hockey in Manitoba. Yeah, not always pro hockey or junior hockey. Sometimes no. we gotta we gotta go to high school and focus on those kids and what they're doing. And when they're kids who went to Garden City. I'm always in their corner. So well done, kids. There you go. Uh, I went to Gray Academy. I don't think that's going to be an issue for me anytime soon. But uh, in any event, thanks to everyone for joining us here on the Illegal Curve post game show and earlier today on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Smash the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. And tell your friends the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And again, on Saturday mornings is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. For Dave Manuk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Until Monday at 9 15 p.m we wish you good night and good luck have a great weekend be safe everyone we'll see you again on monday night thanks for listening to this broadcast from illegal curve hockey for more great illegal curve content subscribe to the illegal curve youtube channel follow at illegal curve on twitter facebook and instagram and visit your online home for hockey in winnipeg illegalcurve.com